1: to a whole-food, plant-based lifestyle will open a whole world that you never knew existed. You will learn to like new foods and feel better than you have felt in a long time. Valeria Tellez interviews Doug Schmidt, the author of Eat More Plants Love, Recipes for a Good Life. Doug Schmidt, a veteran teacher, suffered a widow-maker heart attack at age 49, Not wanting to spend the rest of his life on medications, he sought answers. After finding the book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, he changed his lifetime of eating habits. He lost 60 pounds and ran his first marathon at age 58. Doug now leads the annual Good Life Challenge for teachers and staff for over 75 school districts and small businesses in New York. The challenge helps educate people about the benefits of plant-based nutrition and was featured on Good Morning America. What began as a goal to help prevent Doug from having future heart attacks has led them to now help others. They found out that not only does a plant-based lifestyle prevent and reverse heart disease, the leading killer of one in three Americans, it also helps with type 2 diabetes, autoimmune issues, kidney disease, and most chronic diseases from which Americans suffer. It even helps fight some cancers, such as breast, prostate, and colon cancer. Doug and his wife, Sherry, manages the Facebook group Eat Plants Love, sharing their knowledge and expertise. This is Doug and Sherry's second cookbook. Eat Plants Love, Recipes for a Good Life was their first cookbook. Doug has a master's degree in special education and has completed the Rube plant-based professional certification. He was formerly a professional baker Who worked for one of the most prestigious grocery chains in America as their bakery trainer? Meet Doug at eatplantslove.com. Here is the interview with Doug Schmidt. In your own words,
0: who is Doug
2: Schmidt? In my own words. Um, I I, I say on my Instagram feed and my LinkedIn, I say I'm a plant-based evangelist. (laughs) (laughs) And and that plant-based evangelist, um, I I wanted a a term that uh, was um, full of energy and and full of uh, information. and, And that sort of is sort of a whimsical way because when we think evangelists, we think of, you know, religious evangelists who yeah. are out there preaching the gospel. And yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I sort of um, fell into um, this whole food plant-based thing and I'm all into it. So I figure, okay, I'm preaching the gospel mm-hmm. of plant-based uh, nutrition. So I'll be a plant-based evangelist.
0: And how did you become a plant-based person?
2: <sighs> <laughs> that, 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 that was an a, um, unintentional happening. Um, when I was 49, I suffered a Widowmaker heart attack. That's a heart attack in your lower interior descending artery. It's uh, one of the main arteries that supply blood flow to the heart. And if you have a blockage there, you get a heart attack. And if the heart attack lasts for too long, there's a lot of damage and and. Ninety uh, percent of people who have blockages there don't make it. Um, so I was one of the lucky ten percent to survive that. And a- after I had it, you know, being forty-nine, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, am I going to be on medications the rest of my life? Will I be able to do things with my children? Will I will I live a normal functioning life? What happens if I get another heart attack? So I did research, and I found the book. Um, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. And he said, if I change what I eat, um, I'd never have to worry about a heart attack again. And so that was, that was very enlightening, but I didn't believe it at the time. Um, so I decided to follow the American Heart Association diet. And they said I could have um, four eggs a week. They said I could have uh, red meat once or twice a month and chicken anytime I wanted and fish and um, cheese moderately. And I followed that for about a year. And um, what happened was almost a year to the day, I had, I want to say it's a scare because it wasn't a heart attack, Um, but they did rush me to the hospital by ambulance. And from my work, um, I I was a school teacher in an elementary school, and they rushed me there, and they went in and took a look inside, and said, "Well, you probably had a blockage that passed." Um, So um, I was lucky again, and and they um, so then I started taking things a little bit more seriously. Took a look at Dr. Esselstyn's work, where he said I couldn't have any meat, couldn't have any dairy. No eggs. And it wasn't an overnight change. It took a couple of years, but we gradually uh, shifted our diet to a whole food plant based diet. Um, And sort of the magical things happen when you do it 100%. I lost 60 pounds, got off all medications, not even a daily aspirin. And then at age 58, I ran my first marathon. And so, you know, and I feel better than I did in my 30s. And, and I, when I look back, I and I still think, I was not extremely overweight by most American middle-aged men standards. You know, I had a lot of friends at my age who were much heavier than me. I thought I was doing pretty good. So, you know, it, it was, um, but you don't know how good good health feels until you have it. So
0: true.
2: So it, um, because of that, I, I was able to turn my life around. And in uh, the school district I was in, um, there was a adjunct position for health and wellness coordinator, and a couple people recommended that. I, you know, after my changes, Doug, you should do this job, mm-hmm. and I I took it, and. Basically, the health and wellness coordinator creates health initiatives for um, the district. So it might be, we're going to have a water challenge. We're going to drink so much water every day, or a walking challenge, or smoking cessation challenges. I decided to do a whole food plant-based challenge, and it was a 10-day challenge. We actually supplied them with the food for two meals a day for the challenge, and we had 31 people involved. And we had before and after blood work, so they could see the change in 10 days. And it was amazing. On average, people lost 5 to 10 pounds, dropped their total cholesterol 30 to 50 points. Um, blood pressures came down. Blood sugars came down. It, it was amazing. Everything that I did, and it took me years to get to where I was, people were able to do in 10 days. And the nurses who did the blood work saying, oh, you're not going to see anything, you're not going to see anything, they were amazed at the results of the participants. Then The next year, we did it again, and this time we had 63 people. And we belonged in a consortium of school districts for healthcare, and um, it was 38 schools plus a, um, a community college. And the man who run, ran the group um, said, hey, Doug, do you want to do this for our group? I said, sure, we can try. And that year, um, we, we figured we'd get maybe a couple hundred people. We got 1,300 people wow. doing that. And that's when I guess I became the plant based evangelist because <laughs> people were reaching out to me, asking me mm-hmm. questions. And <laughs> as health and wellness coordinator, people were bringing their <laughs> medical problems to me. And I'm not a doctor, I'm not a doctor. Um, but they were, you know, um, we had one individual, he was um, he went in for his blood work biometric screenings, um, thin, lean guy, full of energy, and they said, Oh my gosh, your blood sugar is so high, you should almost be in a coma. You have to go see a doctor. I don't have a doctor. Well, he went to the doctor and he was um labeled a diabetic. Um type two diabetic, never been diagnosed before. Um, And he started a whole food plant-based diet and he was able to get off all his medications. Um, And and so other people in the district and elsewhere started calling me or reaching out to me and I would guide them to their sources. I wouldn't give them medical advice, but I'd say, you may want to look at this book. You may want to reach out to this doctor. You may want to do this. And that's sort of what I do now, you know, besides our annual challenges, we, um, I, I guide people to help them find health.
0: What is your idea of a healthy person? What is to be healthy?
2: You know, because it isn't just diet, it's not just exercise. Um, I, I, be, coming from a teaching background, especially in the elementary grades, we talk about life cycles. We talk about um, water cycle. We talk about plant cycles and um, environmental cycles. And, and so I, I I look at the health of a person sort of in that way as as well. And the fact that I think, um, uh, especially Americans, a lot of us have gotten away from our natural way of being healthy. I mean, our ancestors, they didn't go out and run on a treadmill or run miles every day. They worked. They were up. They were active. They, you know, walked wherever they were going. And now we drive wherever we're going. Um, they um, spent time with family. And even though there were those daily stresses, they they spent time with family, which helped them decompress and and reflect on what was important. So I, you know, I, I look at sort of that well-rounded. Person. And I don't think a lot of us, even when we strive for it, can get there totally. It's a constant work in progress. So stress reduction, um, good night's sleep, um, proper work life, um, um, home life balance, um, diet and exercise. Um, You know, I look to the blue zones, which uh, I I don't know how many of your listeners know the Blue Zones, places in the world where people typically live to be over 100. It was a National Geographic um, study done uh, with led by Dan Buettner. And he found places in the world where people live to 100 and looked to things that they did on a daily basis that helped them to live longer. And it was those things we just talked about. Um, and one of them um, that... I've seen again and again is having a life's purpose. Um, you know, so many people when they retire or quit a job or lose that life purpose, their health goes down dramatically. Um, you see retired people who who finally retire and they end up dying a year or two later because they feel like they have no purpose anymore. Uh, my own father... Um, after my mother passed away, he moved in with my brother and his children who he loved being a grandfather, but he wasn't working. He lost his wife. It wasn't enough. And and I really think he, he didn't have any medical condition at the time, but I, I say he died of a broken heart. He didn't know what to do because he lost his purpose of who he was. So I I, I think that that uh, life's purpose is important to throw into that mix of that healthy individual. And
0: speaking of purpose, what do you think is the purpose of the human experience?
2: I'm truly one of those lifelong learners. I, I really life is to experience, you know, I, have gone through personal tragedies in my life and I don't even want to call them personal tragedies. It's, it's life, life happens. Um, you know, I, I've gone through a divorce. I've gone through, um, bankruptcy. I've gone through the heart attack. I've gone through, um, back surgery, um, where I had three ruptured discs in my early forties, um, that were operated on, um, I've lost parents. I've lost my oldest, uh, closest sibling. Uh, these are all life experiences, and in in many ways, uh, all those things have developed to make me who I am, and it it's made me appreciate the life I do have now. Um, so it, it's it, the good and the bad are are. Part of life, you know, the yin and the yang, the uh, positive and negative, and you can't really have one without the other. You, um, my wife, always says, you you can't know um, happiness unless you've known sadness, um, and then you can appreciate that happiness even more. Um, so uh, for me, it's, it's life is experiential and it doesn't have to be, you know, jumping out of an airplane or zip lining or (laughs) all these grandiose things, um, enjoying the connections we make. And I think that's the other thing with, with my journey is I, I become more aware of other people's journeys or other people's things. You know, I, I. You know, when somebody has had a bad day or when I bump into somebody and I go, boys, you know, um, they were rude or curt or whatever. I don't know what they're going through. And I I think that empathy uh, helps me to realize more as I'm going through. And everybody has their own personal journey. My journey is different than your journey. And nobody can walk that for us.
0: I often ask, how do we know when we have found our purpose? Do you have some ideas?
2: <laughs> well, well, you know, what's interesting with that is I, years ago, um, when I went through my divorce, um, you know, I, I also had suicidal tendencies or thoughts at the time, because I lost what I thought was my purpose or or um, why I'm here. You know, I was a father. I was a husband. Now I'm not a husband and my children aren't talking to me. So am I really a father? Um, and, and it was a real depressing, dark time for me. And then I said, well, I'm a teacher and, and I can excel at that and i was a teacher but when i became that health and wellness coordinator and found my role as helping people for health it became uh, my passion it became something um i never expected um but it was so rewarding and i think finding that passion purpose um that fulfills you whether it's a a job whether it's a hobby whether it's volunteering somewhere that makes you feel better. I, I, and the past year or so, I, I, I've been participating in a program called The Lift Project uh, through Dr. Darren Morton out of Australia. And he touches on a lot of these kinds of things. And when you do find that passion, when you do find that thing that um, connects you to the world. Because I, I, I think it also can't be this this hermit-like passion either, for the most part. I, I, I think it all still comes back to community. It comes back to reaching out to others or being involved with others. Um, that's when things all sort of coalesce together and come together and it, it it works to to for that passion that purpose. Um, at least that's what I have found. Because once I, I I started finding people helping people with health, it, it it changed my concept of what it was to be human in this world. Not just a selfish person living my day to day existence.
0: The next one is about the challenges and the change that we have been facing in 2020. So my question is, what lessons have you learned this year?
2: You know, especially coming from the teaching background and earlier this year when we were in lockdown and we had to teach from a distance, you know, I was thankful for things like Zoom and FaceTime and ways of connecting with the individuals. And I I think it, it really spelled out even just what we were talking about, those connections, the community. Without it, you know, we've seen people who... Are, are suicidal. We've seen elderly that just waste away, that, that can't uh, see their family, which is their only contact in some cases to the outside world. Um, all these things are so important and we realize how desperate we are for those. And even to the point of right now with the surge with COVID, where people are, um, are tired of being locked at home and starting to head back out and now the cases are surging again, but, and, and it's, it's that feeling that, you know, we, we have to connect and how do we connect and how do we, um, live in this, this land that's so isolated yet we, we live in this world that, that in some ways isolates ourself. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that through all this past year that people maybe will become more empathetic and put away their phones, put away that, take off the headphones when they're out in public and enjoy what's around them and the people that they come in contact with, whether it's the cashier checking out your groceries or that person you walk by on a, a, a hiking path and say, hello, or good morning, or good day, too, um, that th- those those connections are more important than ever, I think.
0: And my last warm-up question is about freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free?
2: That has been used in so many different ways, especially this past year, and for me personally, I, I think freedom, freedom to do what I would like to do, and and, and that's not a all-encompassing, um, no rules bar type thing. Uh, I, I sort of feel you, you have to be able to do whatever you want with the limit that it shouldn't harm others, um, animal or, um, people. Um, so, if it's not harming anybody or, or, or risking uh, anybody else, that freedom is there. freedom to explore those um, limits of your human existence, which um, not everybody necessarily ne- will necessarily agree on what those limits might be. You know, um, you know, for some people, it may be a religious or spiritual. Um, Journey that they want to be free to explore outside of of um, social norms. You know, sometimes those social norms of a community can restrain people too much. What will people think if I go and do this? Well, it's it's not up to what other people think. This is your life. You have one shot at it, and you should be free to explore that, even outside of social norms to a degree.
0: If that's what freedom is to you?
2: Yeah. I I, I think. You know, I can't judge somebody else's journey path. Right. Um or or their limits, but nobody should impose those limits on me either, just because they feel that this is how they think I should live, you know um, somebody who comes knocking on my door, wanting me to join their um, spiritual community well that 's your spiritual community good for you i'm I'm glad that makes you happy and satisfied, but my journey is elsewhere, and not even just spiritual. I had a, a my principal in um Uh, my last school, um, there was a person that she had brought into the district and she really thought I would benefit from the speaker. And I looked up the speaker, I looked up his philosophy and his whatever. And I said, I, I went to her and I said, this is fine for you, but my path leads in a different direction. So thank you for the offer, but no. Um and, and I I sort of take that through my life, I think, with with many different things. Um I can respect somebody else's path, but um don't try to impose your path on mine.
0: Learning to say no it's extremely important, especially for women.
2: <laughs> well and, and well, I grew up in a, a, a very traditional conservative family mm. and no was something I really struggled with. And mm. Probably for my first 40 years, I couldn't say no. If somebody asked me something, it didn't matter how busy or or work-laden I was, I would say yes. And it caused a lot of stress, maybe even led to some of the the heart disease. And um, after the heart attack, I had said, I have to learn to sort of decompress and de-stress. And one of those was saying no to things that I just wasn't able to. So I got very good at saying (laughs) no, actually. And then my last year of teaching or two years of teaching, I wanted to change that. I didn't want to be that teacher where people said, oh, he should have retired years ago. And I started saying yes again, but it was... Under my control, it wasn't yes because I was afraid of what social people the social construct would say if I said no. it was because I wanted to say yes
0: how or why did you choose to become a writer doug
2: the The, the writer um thing came later well i've i've the writing. It, it became sort of a melding of a lot of my passions. Um, at the heart of me, I, I, I consider myself very creative. And um, years ago, I used to be a, a baker, a professional baker. I can bake anything from croissants to wedding cakes. And um, I loved cooking. Ever since I was a little boy, I loved cooking. And um, as we were doing our challenges, we used other people's books. And the, even though the recipes were good, the information was good, um, I had a little different spin on what I wanted people to learn doing our 10-day plant-based challenges. And I wanted to make it more sustainable so people wouldn't say, boy, that was really tough. It was a great challenge, but I give up and uh, I'll go back to my old ways. I wanted people to to trans um the, the closer I can get them eating more plants, the healthier they're going to be. So we decided to create a cookbook, my wife Sherry and I, and um, with sort of our philosophy in it. And we, we gathered the recipes and, and um, for me, I, I took all the pictures in the book. Oh, you did? Bit. Wow. And, and I did all the um, typesetting or whatever I did in, in Adobe Design, InDesign, which was a learning process. So it blended my love of technology, love <laughs> of cooking, love yeah. of baking, and this message I wanted to get across. So it was probably, even though I, I have other creative pursuits, this was probably the most creative thing I've ever done in the fact that it encompassed so many different aspects of me and to put it into the book it it was a real rewarding experience and then when people were receptive to it and said you know i love the cookbook this and that and they gave us some suggestions and stuff we said well let's make another cookbook for this year and it went a little easier um um, and what was also rewarding is we asked some of our participants, "Do you have a favorite recipe you came up with that we could use in the cookbook?" And so our new cookbook has 20 or 30 recipes from these individuals with their story of how they created the recipe. And so here again, it's that community piece. It's it's even though for a lot of these people, I've only met them online. I've never met them in person. Um, there's a connection. And and I think that connection, um, shouldn't be understated. You, you can bond with people over distance and have never met them. Um, you have a like, um, interests and that could be enough.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: So with the, with the writing, um, we didn't know it again going into it that it would yield the the fruits and the abundance that it has given us, but um, it it has become a joy. And after the first cookbook, my wife said, we're never going to do another one again. (laughs) And, um, after (laughs) the response from the cookbook, um, she goes, okay, we'll do another one. And she said the same thing this year. She goes, well, that's two, we're done. And I said, (laughs) wouldn't it be nice to do one on this? So we're in (laughs) talking to each other about a third cookbook. (laughs) And, um, it, it, it's it's a love-hate relationship in the <laughs> process, but um, it's been enjoyable for the most part.
0: The title that we are um, discussing today is Eat More Plants, Love, Recipes for a Good Life. The question the, yeah, that I have to ask you is the difference between being a vegetarian, whole food, plant-based, and vegan. Is there a difference?
2: Oh, you'll probably get. I'll probably get a lot yeah. of hate mail um, <laughs> for this, you know. And, and and I I don't mean to demean any of the groups, because c- here my yes, there is a difference, and it's a marked difference. And uh, I'll explain it. Um, first, we'll start with what I say is a continuum. There's a continuum of of eating healthy. On the 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 bottom. Or the far side is the standard American diet, highly processed foods. Um, what uh, some um, people have called hyper palatable foods. You know, we like our, our. The human condition is looking for sugar, salt, and fat. That's why we have taste buds and and sensors that can sense that, and we love that. And in ancient days, those were scarce to come by. So when we got them, we took advantage of them. Well, now with with um, supermarkets, and processed foods, um, everything is filled with salt, sugar, and fat, and that leads to a lot of our obesity. Well, so if we move along the continuum up, um, we, we have things like... Um, um, Keto, which, which is highly uh, protein based, but they also have, they they avoid a lot of processed food, so that's a little healthier. Um, then you have things like pescatarian, which is basically a vegetarian, but we fit, but they eat fish. Um, and vegetarian, they have eggs and may have cheese and things. Um, and they're moving up that continuum. And I say whole food plant based, no oil. Because that's mm. the other stickler wow. is at the far end, uh, and so far, by the medical research, is the healthiest way for the humans to eat. It um, wow. a whole food plant based diet, no oil, um, has been shown to reverse type two diabetes in a lot of people. Um, has gone to it's the only diet proven to prevent and reverse heart disease. No other Way of eating can say they can reverse heart disease. Um, and it can, it literally helps almost every single chronic disease from autoimmune issues and even um, three forms of cancer that respond well to this may not prevent the cancer, but can help you uh, fight through it, which is um, the three cancers are breast, prostate, and colon cancer, can be helped by a whole food plant based diet. So, When it comes to a vegan, which is between the vegetarian and the whole food plant-based no oil group, um, most vegans will say, I'm doing this for the animals or I'm doing this for the environment. My health isn't as important as those issues. Totally agree that that is a fine, um, commendable um, way of living your life problem is, in my world, is uh, there are many what we call junk food vegans. And some of them will proudly say that. I'm not here for the health. I'm here for the animals. I'll eat whatever I want as long as I'm not harming animals. Well, those people, especially with uh, corporations coming and creating these Franken foods, these hy- hyper palatable foods, they're creating them for vegans as well. You know, we have highly processed, um, plant based cheeses and plant based meats. And these, um, I have a friend, Juliana Hever, the plant based dietitian, who um, coaches a lot of people. And she's say, saying, I, I'm seeing a lot of people that are vegan or vegetarian coming in with the same chronic diseases that standard American diet people that are heavy in the processed foods and meats and things the same chronic diseases that they are having because of these foods that aren't naturally healthy. Um, because our body, our bodies are very resilient. That They will take whatever nutrition we feed it and will try to break out whatever nutrition they can from it. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy for the human body. And the human body is very resilient and it may take Decades for these things to have an effect, and you see that's why you see people in their 40s and 50s all of a sudden their cholesterol skyrocketing, their blood pressure, um, autoimmune issues, and things. um, Yet, just changing what they eat may minimize or or get rid of a lot of those things. So, you know, the. In fact, just recently, I was just yesterday I was talking to a friend who's been a lifelong vegan. And she did my challenge last year, and then she followed it up with a doctor's 10-day whole food plant-based challenge, and she lost 18 pounds. And she goes, I've never felt better. So here's somebody who has eaten what many people would say healthy all, all their lives, and now they're even healthier. Um, and so the, I, I call the whole food plant-based no oil the Cadillac or the Rolls-Royce of ways of eating. Um, And the closer you can get to there, the healthier you are going to be.
0: So when you say no oil, that doesn't um, exclude healthy fats, right, Doug? Like avocados and It doesn't
2: exclude avocados or nuts or or things like flaxseed and things. It does exclude olive oil and any oil that's a highly concentrated oil. And it really has no... Um, Nutritional benefit that you can't get elsewhere. Um, For instance, for a table, I think it's a tablespoon of oil. To get a tablespoon of olive oil, you have to squeeze like 40 um, olives. Well, just have the olive. Don't forego all this. And um, that was a big step for us. Initially, when we went whole food plant based, we had the oil in our diet. Um, We used olive oil every day because you you heard the the news. Olive oil is healthy for you. Well, you know, some of the effects of olive oil, if there's any, um, get lost in the cooking. Cooking kills any beneficial aspect, uh, nutrients that are in there. And you know, when we were cooking, we put oil on the bottom of the pan, started cooking. Yes, you know, it was easy to cook that way and the flavor was there, et etc. Um, but it was when we dropped the oil, a few things happened. One, within the first week, we dropped five pounds. And not that weight is everything, but five pounds was a lot. And we didn't even have to do anything. All we did was cut out the oil. Um, But then all the weight started dropping off after we cut out oil. And within months, even though we had been doing this for about two years and lost 10, 15 pounds, once we stopped the oil, the weight just started falling off. My wife lost 30, I lost 60, um, and I weigh what I did in high school. Um, so it was really phenomenal, um uh, but I still have nuts. I have almond butter, I have um avocados. I love making a good guacamole um and um so th- we take our fats in the whole food uh, part of it. What
0: about coconut oil? I use that. I use spray and I have the coconut oil too
2: the the that you know, there the research on coconut oil is sort of overstated, whether it was to sell the, the nutritional benefits. If you look up Dr. Esselstyn's work, and he's got a video um, on YouTube, that it's if you just typed in no oil, Dr. Esselstyn, it'll come up. He'll explain what oil does to your body, any oil, when you take it into your body. Um, oil. Of any kind um, damages the endothelial lining of your arteries. That is the thin one layer cell thick um, part of your um, of your your arteries and veins and things. And typically, a healthy one is slick like silicone. It allows the blood to pass through very, very well. When you have a fatty, um, these fatty deposits start appearing, and you can't believe um, there's was research a while ago that said, "Oh, dietary cholesterol or dietary fat doesn't affect your your blood." Well, yes, it does, and um, your blood cholesterol. Um, and what happens over time, over decades? It causes damages to your endothelial lining and plaques develop, and those plaques lead to the coronary artery disease and the heart attacks. Take that oil out of the diet, and those plaques will harden over, heal, and you won't be susceptible to the heart attacks anymore. Um, So it's not, you know, I say, and, and I'm not a doctor. But anybody who's been eating the standard American diet, especially for 30 to 40 years, have heart disease or indications of heart disease, they just haven't been diagnosed. Maybe their cl- blood cholesterol hasn't shot up yet. Maybe they haven't had um, the damage done so much on their body yet that it, it's making those markers. But um They've done autopsies on children as young as age 11 that have died in like horrific accidents and stuff. And they have found um, um, fatty deposits in their arteries, which are the precursors to heart disease at age 11. Um, The the same thing, um, uh, I think it was Dr. Esselstyn, he was a Vietnam War vet. Um, he was a surgeon in the uh, battlefields in Vietnam. And same thing. He saw that kind of damage in these young 20-something soldiers that came in to his surgery. Um, So just because the body's resilient, just because we can eat it doesn't mean necessarily it's good for you. So with, you know, like with, with coconut oil, I don't use coconut oil. I will use coconut milk and some of you know my dishes um especially when i make a nice curry or something i like to use coconut milk so that's not off limits you know and some of the the plant based doctors will say you like coconut oil use it on the outside it's great for your skin <laughs> right.
0: uh, so that's great so uh coconut milk that's okay cuz i love that too
2: i, I you know it, it adds flavor now there are some plant based doctors and people out there that Will not have that either just because of the high fat content. Um, with me and our f- sort of philosophy, um, unless you have real severe um, medical conditions. We would say, hey, having that once in a while is okay. Once a week, maybe not. But like I may make a a, a nice uh, masaman curry once a a, a, a month or a, a some sort of coconut curry. And fine. That's fine. You know, it's just like anything. And, and I don't even want to say this term, everything in moderation, because moderation can kill you too. <laughs> it's who's... <laughs> Who's determining determining that moderation? And sometimes that becomes a slippery slope, you know, if um, – and, and we fall to that ourselves. You know, there, there's times where, oh, we've gotten a little lax. We're having that um, latte every day when we were having it as a treat once a week or once every couple weeks or um, um, like a lot of people – uh, uh, at least some women that i've I've talked with and worked with, and my wife herself, when it comes to weight loss, having bread stops my wife's weight loss dead in its tracks. She loves bread, and it doesn't matter if it's whole grain bread, um, it's still bread, and that is is a refined carb that um, for a lot of people, it just stops their weight loss. So having it once a month, not gonna add a lot of weight. Having it a couple times a week, Week, you may find that you know the weight starts creeping up again. So it's um, uh, looking at some of these things um, with a critical eye to to stay where you want to stay in your window of comfort.
0: I have read and I have talked to so many people about diets, and I have heard that the best kind of diet is composed of seventy five percent healthy fats. And that has been pretty much consistent, that information. So would you say that some people are okay at good actually having 75% of the meals, every meal that they eat, uh, healthy fats and some other, maybe like yourself, you don't do so well with fats?
2: No, I I, I think that, you know, so like, People saying, you know, they want to be in ketosis and have yeah. all that fat and stuff. Right. Dr. Joel Kahn, he's a cardiologist out of um, um, Detroit, and he he talks about that as well as Dr. Esselstyn, um, and, and just saying, you know, the the nice thing about those people are they're going to keep them in business as cardiologists, and um, the the yeah. uh, the other thing is it it actually. Um, having that high percentage will actually age you quicker, um, and that 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 mixture. And I wish my wife was up here because she. Um, there's another percentage that they talk about, and I want to I want to say it's something like 70 seventy uh, fifteen, fifteen or seventy ten, ten, and it's not seventy fat; it's seventy carbs. Um, and then but you know, even talking, here's the thing with with especially with whole food plant-based, you don't have to count carbs. You don't have to count protein. You don't have to count these macronutrients, carbs, fats, and and protein. if If you eat the whole food, especially whole f- plant foods, they have all three of those things in the right proportions. For you to stay healthy, so you don't have to worry. Oh, I'm having too many carbs. No, if it, like if I have a um, a Buddha bowl, you know, a, a a bowl of rice, greens, other vegetables, and, and uh, uh, kidney beans, and some sort of sauce, I put on that. That will have everything, all the mac. Macronutrients I need to be healthy and survive. I will have all the the things that a lot of people are missing on some of these other ways of eating. Um, The only place you will find phytonutrients are in plants. Um, The majority of antioxidants um, are found in plants. Um, Yes, there are some in some of the other things, but not in the abundance that plants have. Those macro those micronutrients those phytonutrients vitamins minerals that you find in plants are really the lifeblood of of a healthy immune system put on top of that um, the best way for your immune system to fight off diseases by being on a plant-based diet. There's the American Gut Project, which was a research done over the past, I think decade or two, about what is the best um, things for your gut. Um, in their research, and you can go to the American Gut Project, I think it's even on one of their fir- main pages, said that um, having 30 different fruits, vegetables, grains, or legumes, a week is the most beneficial for your immune system because your immune system, your gut system, your gut biome, the good bacteria feed on fiber and fiber is only found in plants. So if you're not getting fiber, which um, over 90% of Americans do not get enough of the daily fiber and Metamucil doesn't count, um, (laughs) uh, that is what feeds your immune system. So I tell people, okay, you don't want to give up your meat. You don't want to give up your cheese. Fine. But get more fiber in your diet every single day. Yeah. Um, And you're going to be healthier.
0: Yeah. That makes so much sense. I love eating plants, not just because it's good for the environment. We are not causing harm. It tastes really good. And also uh, it's very creative when we cook with plants it's an art.
2: You know, it's it's funny. Even though I was a baker <laughs> and yeah. I could bake anything, <laughs> I, it was a, a big learning curve for me to do vegetables. You know, before, vegetables were always the side. They were never the main dish. And it was like, okay, you steam, boil, fry, <laughs> do something with it, and then throw it on the plate. And it accompanied the protein that was on the plate. <laughs> um, now, I'm a much more uh, flavorful cook, a much more inventive cook. It really... Um, And and I love the challenge of saying, okay, here's something I had when I was a a carnivore or a standard American diet eater. This was comfort food. How can I make it plant-based now and still be healthy or still as enjoyable? And I, I think I have found many more dishes, many more things that I enjoy now. And it's like, you know, my wife turned me on to beets. I didn't like beets. But I don't like beets by themselves. Just now, I do, but you know, just having a beet, it's like really. But when my wife makes a big salad and has beets in there, and it has um, onions and red pepper and um, um, nuts and and all these different things, and then you put the the salad dressing on, everything melds together into this beautiful flavor explosion that you take any of those things out, it wouldn't be as good of a salad. But put them all in together, it's just, I I suck it down. She has one salad in our first cookbook that I call life-affirming salad (laughs) because I just feel like I can feel all those nutrients, those antioxidants recharging my body. It's, It's just wonderful.
0: We're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you. I call them the ending questions. Before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book?
2: I wish I had my book with me, but we're, we're out of town right now at our, my uh, um, son's house. So um, let me, you know, I, I talk to people, you know, my, my um, stepdaughter and her husband, she, um, they eat about 80 percent. Whole food plant based, you know, they may have chicken once a week, have a little cheese on things, um, but they're at such a young age that they may be able to eat this way the rest of their lives and never have an issue, just because they are getting enough of that fiber and the antioxidants to balance off the the negative effects of some of the fat and some of the 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 issues that meat has on the human body. Um, and they may never suffer, but if you're like me and you're older and you've had years and years of the standard American diet and you have chronic disease, the only way to really heal it is to go full on whole food, plant-based, no oil. So, um, I'm not telling people you have to eat this way for the animals, the environment. Um, because it's the best, healthiest way. I understand that people um, are at different places on their journey, their eating journey, health journey, and but increasing eating more plants is going to make you healthier. If you're young and and, and are eating primarily whole food, plant based, you're probably going to be healthy. And so, a lot of the plant based doctors they'll say we really don't know the um, minimal amount of protein, animal protein that can cause damage. Um, Dr. Um, T. Colin Campbell has done a study um, where he shows what animal protein, uh, how he turned it on and off in mice, cancer, on and off in mice just by giving them more or less protein. It's a a fascinating study and the same thing happens in humans and I've seen it with um, humans who have gone whole food plant-based and stopped breast cancer, prostate cancer, and have recovered from colon cancer. So it's very powerful. And so I, I just wanted that little message left there. You know, wherever you are on your health journey, um, um, increasing your plants is only going to help you, it's not going to hurt you. They are the good carbs you were meant to eat.
0: So two more questions for you, Doug. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way?
2: You know, my wife and I have talked lately about, you know, especially through this um, COVID thing, about our um, bucket list. And (laughs) or, or, you know, a common question, what would you eat? Would you go and have (laughs) You know, something <laughs> that you normally wouldn't. And food really doesn't come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, the, 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 the most wonderful times for me have been experiences, not things, not items. This summer, we did take a little risk, not as much of a risk now, um, but we came out to see relatives. So we traveled cross-country by car. And I went to the Redwood National Forest in California. I I, I have never been so awed in my life. So for me, um, taking in natural wonders is one thing that I really want to do, whether it's visiting some place like the Grand Canyon or... Um, 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 the different parks out here in uh, the West, um, taking advantage of seeing those natural sites that they're just awe-inspiring. And it's um, Dr. Darren Morton from the Lyft Project says, blue and green often need to be seen as part of your health and de-stressing. And for me, nature is where I find um, a lot of comfort. So that's probably what I would do if if I knew I was going to die, take me out into the woods, take me out um, to the, the world's nature's beauty.
0: And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now?
2: People come and go in your life and that's okay. They're on their journey and you are on yours. That's the way of life. So... You can mourn some of those losses, but instead of mourning, enjoy that you had those moments with those people. That has been a strong component over my last decade or two, just taking the joy of the moment with those relationships. Um, Second, nobody is going to... Um, And people often say this, you know, nobody's going to say, gosh, he was the best worker on his gravestone. This is your life. You do have a choice in how you live that life. Don't let life run you. Let you run your life. You make the choices. I think so many people, and I did it, uh, I think, until my heart attack, um, just let life run me. And it was like you were on this treadmill, and I'm just plodding along. I don't know where I'm going. And so many people do that. And I think you you have to. Um, this is your life to live the way you need to. And I've seen too many people in unhappy relationships because of social constructs, social norms that they they impose on themselves, or um, or in jobs that they hate and hate and hate. And sometimes. You know, life is a risk. You have to take step out of that comfort zone and, and make changes to find true happiness. And I think probably the third thing, change happens. Change um, is inevitable. Um, this, I know a lot of friends and people who do not like change, are not comfortable in change, and they're miserable with change. Um, but that's the one constant in life is change. So instead of fighting it, um, grab onto it and, and take it for a ride. Mm-hmm. And you may find um, strength in yourself you never knew you had.
0: Thank you so much, Doug, for your deep healing wisdom, your purpose, your mission, your work. Thank you for everything.
2: Thank you so much.
0: I do have one more question for you. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: Well, uh, we have a website, eatplantslove.com, and there they can find our books, find out a little bit more about us. If you're on Facebook, we have a a very active group of about 4,000, 4,500 people right now called Eat Plants Love. It's a group on Facebook, which is just a real warm, supportive community. Wherever you are on your journey towards health, um, the people in that group are, are more than willing to help. And um, if you want to, if you're on Instagram and just like following my pictures, uh, my posts of food and some of my travels, um, I'm at Living the Plant Based Life on Instagram.
0: Thank you so much again, and
1: we'll talk soon.
2: Okay, thank you so much. Bye for now. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Doug Schmidt and his work, please visit eatplantslove.com
0: to learn more about this podcast please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast thank you again for listening and bye for now